What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Devin. And I'm back with another episode of I Stopped Drinking, So I Started a Podcast. Today, I want to get into Dana White. Now, to start off, as a businessman, I have a ton of respect for Dana White. The man has, I don't want to say single-handedly, but he is probably one of the primary reasons that the UFC is where it is today. To just see where he came from, you know, growing up outside of Boston, um, then moving to Vegas in the third grade, um, not being a great student, being kicked out of high school twice, having to move back with his grandparents in Maine and finish up high school there, then going from odd job to odd job, laying asphalt, bouncing, being a bellhop at local hotels, you kind of gain a little bit more respect for the man that he's become. You know, when he was 17, he started boxing. And through boxing, he met a guy by the name of Peter Welch. Peter Welch was a former Golden Gloves champion. They started a boxing gym. Dana had aspirations of becoming a professional boxer. But when he started seeing some of the the lingering effects of a prolonged boxing career, he decided to go another route. So he and Peter started doing boxercise courses. So boxercise is kind of like Tybo, but just for boxing. So they did this and it went okay, but of course, you know, Dana got into money problems. So Dana, not having a lot of money, not having a lot of credit, he went to get this money from the other side of the track, so to speak. So he started borrowing money from from gangsters like Whitey Bulger, Kevin Weeks, and when he couldn't pay this money back, they came for him. They came for his head, and they called him up, and they said, Hey, Dana, you better have his bread tomorrow by 1 o'clock. And Dana said, Nope. He said he's picked up the phone, he called Delta, and he was on a flight to Vegas the next day. So he goes out to Vegas and when he was growing up in Vegas, he was friends with the Fertitta brothers. They were, they were cordial with one another. They weren't, they weren't super close, but when Dana went back to Vegas, he started, uh, teaching these boxer size courses again. And he started to train in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu where he, I don't want to say rekindle, but reestablished this friendship and this bond with the Fertitta brothers. And at the same gym, he happened to meet two future UFC champions, Tito Ortiz and Chuck Liddell. So he goes to this gym and he starts to forge these new relationships, creating and, and etching out a path for himself. So after a while, he starts to um, manage Chuck and Tito. So Chuck and Tito are moving up the ranks of through NHB, uh, even smaller regional promotions, and eventually to the UFC. But when they get to the UFC, um, Bob Myritz, who was uh, the owner of SEG, who owned the UFC, he decided he wanted to sell. Because for those who don't remember, the UFC and, and mixed martial arts was not very profitable stateside. In Japan... The dudes were making bread. They had pancreas. Uh, 
they had Pride, um, they had K1. They they had this this market for for them to eat off of. But here it wasn't so great because guys like John McCain they called it human cockfighting. They didn't want it on on, on pay per view. They didn't want it on on network television. It was effectively banned in the United States for a while, with the exception of the state of Nevada and I believe uh, New Jersey, Atlantic City. So Bob Myers wants to sell and. He wants to sell it for $2 million. Dana goes to uh, Lorenzo and Frank Fertitta, and he says, hey, guys, we got this deal. Now, the Fertitta brothers were involved in the casino industry in Vegas. They had the bread. So he says, hey, guys, great opportunity. Let's buy this thing. Let's let's push it. Let's get it popping. So over the next uh after they acquire it over the next 15 years, they blow up. So in 2001, when they acquired the UFC for $2 million, they could have never foreseen that in 2016, 15 years later, when they sold it to WME IMG, that it would be worth $4 billion. Now, I'm not great at math, and I don't know how many times over that is. But they have taken the sport, they have taken the promotion of, of, of the ultimate fighting championships, and they have taken it to a, a massive level. Some people might, excuse me, some people might say that it is bigger than boxing. And to be quite honest, unless boxing makes uh, some serious changes to the way that it structures its belt system to way the way it 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 um, mandatory makes mandatory fights and mandates fights and, and makes guys fight each other instead of ducking each other. Then the UFC and MMA is going to continue to eclipse it. So Dana, as a businessman, he's fantastic, and you can see his work ethic. His work ethic is top notch. He is always there. He's at every press conference. He's at every ceremonial weigh-in. He's at every event. He is putting the, the belt around every single champion's waist. I mean, arguably, Dana White is the UFC. But there's another side to Dana. Dana's a family man. And I never knew that. Because, for one, he didn't really carry himself like a married man. Like... I personally thought that Dana White was one of these work hard, play hard, uh, playboy types who, you know, lives in Vegas. He's 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 either at the office or he's at the strip club or he's at the bar or he's at a meeting. But I never took him for a family man. And when this story came out and broke, it was the first time I'd ever heard of his wife. He met his wife in eighth grade. They were married in 1996. They have three children. But his wife doesn't really like the spotlight. His wife, um, she, she, she doesn't like being involved in the business. She just wants to be at home. She just wants to raise the kids. She just wants to uh, take care of the home and, and just live a life as normal as possible. And growing up in Vegas, I can't really blame her. Her husband's occupation, I can't really blame her. So, you know, going back 
2014, um, and one of the other reasons why I didn't think he was married was that he did have this um, this this sex scandal, so to speak, where in 2014, this uh, Brazilian uh, stripper um, she recorded a sex act. Okay, that's PC. She recorded her and Dana fucking. <laughs> so. She recorded uh, her and Dana fucking. She had a boyfriend at the time. And her boyfriend tried to extort money out of them. Or out of Dana, so to speak. So, they this comes and goes. In 2020, um, the boyfriend files a civil suit against Dana. Saying that Dana tried to pressure him or pay him off to plead guilty in the criminal case. This was... was considered uh, egregious by Dana's attorneys and the lawsuit was thrown out because it was found to be baseless and and basically just a money grab fast forward to um, New Year's Eve 2022 Dana and his wife are in Cabo San Lucas they're there to celebrate the New Year's Eve holiday now First off, fellas, I want to make something abundantly clear. If your wife, your girlfriend, your side piece, your side bitch, whoever, hits you in a public place, just walk away. Just walk away. Don't stand there for another second. It don't matter if you get in your car and drive off and she needs to take an Uber across the goddamn country. You let her Stay there because no matter who started it, the court of opinion will not grant you any type of leniency. You will never win in the court of public opinion. It's it's impossible. And, you know, when when she hit Dana initially, you know, and he he hit her back. It was like instinctive, right? It was like somebody like slaps you and you just immediately hit him back. Boom. Oh, damn. But when he continued to follow up, that's that's when it went from spat. That's when it went from lover's quarrel to now Dana has put himself into a uh, a different position of vulnerability. Now, who knows? You know, maybe it was something that was building up for a long period of time. Maybe they, it was something they argued about before and it just kept, you know, bubbling up, bubbling up, bubbling up. And, you know, instead of dealing with it, communicating about it and, and resolving it, it came out at the wrong time. It came out when they were were consuming large amounts of alcohol. It came out in a public place. And it came out on a night where everybody is watching. And I think that it kind of, it brings it back to something different. Now, let me start off by saying that. If you do something, now this might be touchy. If you do something to someone, there is no reasonable expectation of force. However, 
when you're dealing with a person that is like, I mean, that is essentially your life partner, um, then, then you need to step back a little bit, even if alcohol is involved. Would, would Dana White respond the same way if it was a man? Probably. Would he respond the same way if that was a man that he knew? Probably. But when you are dealing with your wife and the, the optics of it looked really bad because it looked like the wife was disheveled. It looked like they were arguing. It looked, it looked very tense. It, looked, you could, it was almost like you could see the buildup to where it was or where it was going. And, you know, the thing about it is, is that after it happened, Dana went into, you know, immediate damage control mode, which, you know, is understandable given, given his background um, and, and how he handles, you know, the business side within the UFC. But I believe the damage has already been done. And the UFC has a history of not tolerating domestic violence. You know, Luis Pena was uh, released last year. Then you have, you know, former UFC champion Chuck Liddell, who also had uh, um, a, a domestic violence situation in 2021. And the UFC made a, a huge uh, statement about that. And then you have War Machine back in 2014, who almost killed his girlfriend. And he's now serving a life sentence in prison. So the only person who's gotten away with it is John Jones. And John Jones is, you know, arguably the GOAT. And when you hold a status like that, you can probably, you know, get away with a few more things that other people can't get away with. And given John's track record of, you know, DUIs and and, and marijuana possession and hit and run and domestic abuse, it, it's there. The, tra- the, the, the pattern is there. So we'll see how the UFC handles this. You know, will they brush it under the rug? Will they allow him to resign and, and stay on the board in some capacity? Or will they terminate him altogether? I mean, let's, let's be clear, man. You know, a lot of companies, especially um, those with a, a major face. So unless the person dies, right? You know, you had Apple and Steve Jobs. The, the, the product and the product line and and the prospects for the future product was so great that apple sells itself apple doesn't even have to make a commercial anymore they just put a product on the screen they, they shadow it out they turn it around on a carousel and boom people are lining up but you know where does the ufc go without dana's presence where does the ufc go without his guidance I mean, we're talking about a guy who took the UFC from nothing to the ultimate fighter, to the acquisition of the WEC and Pride Fighting Championships and, you know, assembled the greatest roster probably in combat sports history to brokering a deal with Abu Dhabi, establishing the Fight Island concept during the COVID-19 pandemic. I mean, he and, and the UFC were probably one of the only sports running during COVID-19. 
and they they brokered a deal. They had protocol. They had testing. They had you know quarantine. They had the whole nine yards. It was it was unbelievable. And you know the way this ha is handled will undoubtedly affect the brand moving forward. And no matter what, there'll be no winners. So you know if they leave them on board, uh, the brand might be seen as hypocritical. You know. Will, will the brand be seen as as uh, moral and ethical, but only turn a blind eye only certain certain circumstances for certain people? Is that how it works? If you're if you're just you know Joe Smith from nowhere Indiana, you know two wins one loss and you beat up your girlfriend, you're out. But the president he gets to stay, even, despite the fact that he's one of the people who is. Uh, not only writing policy, but enforcing policy. Because Dana's very hands-on. He doesn't have other people come in and say, well, here's a press release statement. Uh, Joe Smith has been released. He comes out and he holds press conferences and he sits there solo dolo on that table in front of all those reporters and he fields questions and he lets them know what's popping. So, you know, if he is dropped, what happens then? What happens to the fan base who who views him as the uh, unquestioned face of the brand, the the equal rights, equal lefts crowd? You know, this man is. <laughs> I mean, he's it. Now, you know, is 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 he gonna be? Uh, given the Kyrie Irving treatment, you know, is is a press conference going to be held, right? So he's already apologized. So uh, do they set up a press conference where he 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 says that he's going to take a leave of absence? He's going to enroll in anger management. He's going to enroll in uh, in AA. Is he going to enroll in in couples therapy with his wife? You know. Do they make him do community service or volunteer or donate to a domestic violence shelter? You know, and then when all this stuff is done, you know, because they gave Kyrie the six point, you know, anti-Semitic uh, redemption plan. So does Dana White get the six point uh, anti-domestic violence redemption plan as well? And then they bring him back on a conditional basis. And, um, and they take it from there. So he's, you know, he's under watch now, you know, anything he does, you know, will result in termination because let's be honest, he is extremely valuable to WMEIMG, extremely valuable. And I'm not saying I disagree or agree, but sometimes things happen in a marriage, you know, things build up and, like I said, if they're not discussed and tackled early, no pun intended, things can snowball and turn into something you've never imagined at the worst possible time. You know, I'm not even going to get into, you know, if he does it in public, he does it in private. I mean, that's not even my place to speculate. You know, I, you know, you, things have patterns, you know, and Dana doesn't necessarily seem like the type of person to um, 
lose his cool. Now, he pops off. Don't get me wrong. But him popping off is very calculated. It's very direct. It's very thought out. You know, it's, it's very rare that you see him get off his square. So, I don't know. You know, I maybe, you know, Dana's wife is like, look, bruh, you make the money. You make a lot of money. You are a prominent figure in sports entertainment. Whatever you do out in the street, keep it out in the street. Just don't bring it home. So, whatever they have going on, you know, money-wise, they'll be okay. But I think at this point, um, they need to work on salvaging their relationship. And I don't even know if there's anything to salvage. You know, she hasn't released any statements. But like I said earlier, she's not a public person. They could have sat down. They could have had a conversation with the family. Look, what are we going to do to make sure this doesn't happen again? Maybe we do need to stop drinking. You know, because I've been in situations like that. Not domestic violence situations, but where I've had too much to drink with with my wife, with other people that I care about. And, and things go left because when you're drinking, you don't stop. You know, and I'm not talking about one, two drinks. When you're kicking back shots and that shit hits you and and you're saying stuff that you're not even think It doesn't even register to you that it's a serious thing. You just say stuff and, and you look at the person and, and they're upset. And you're like, what? What did I say? You don't even register it. So, you know, my advice is somebody who who has a history with with drinking is limit the amount of alcohol you consume around your spouse. And even if even if you are a consistent drinker, you still there's still times where you're going to lose control. You're going to say something you don't mean. You're going to do something you don't mean. And and people always say there are three types of honest people angry people children and drunks but that's not always true sometimes you just you just lose control and i think that's what happened here and i'm not absolving him because if if he was more um lenient with his fighters i might take a different approach to this but for someone who demands so much uh, from his fighters in, in terms of, of just decency, he can't sweep this under the rug. Just for integrity's sake, he has to he has to bite the bullet. And I think that you know he shouldn't be terminated. I think that he should take a leave of absence. I think he should go through these these steps just to. Um, show some contrition. Go through these steps. I'm, I'm trying. I fucked up. I'm trying. I'm gonna make amends, and I'm gonna be a better man because of this. And you know, people forgive. We all forgive. You know, it'd be different. Now, nah, and I and I told you before, I'm not excusing his action. But if the man stumped it, if he rape riced his wife. Then it'd be a different story. If he was beating the hell out of his wife, 
hand hand in hair, a head a handful of hair, beating the shit out of her, then it might be a different story. Then everybody would be like, nah. Even the people on his roster would be like, nah, I'm not working for a dude like this. But I think that he will have some some very intimate conversations with um, the people who employ him, his family, some of the guys on his roster that he considers um, close to him or he has, you know, stronger relationships with. And hopefully he can, you know, take a step back, assess where he is mentally and make himself a better person. And this is why. I try to talk about communication and being able to say sorry and, and being able to be compassionate because right now is one of those times where he has to communicate to his wife. One of those times where he has to listen to his wife. One of those times where he has to sincerely apologize to her and not only sincerely apologize, make sincere steps to change and she needs to allow him that space too. Nobody can change if you don't allow them to. If every time you know they get into an argument, she says, What are you gonna do? You gonna hit me? It's never gonna change. It's never gonna get better. So, you know, I wish Dana White the best. Um I hope that um he can continue on his journey to making um, his professional and his personal life as as fantastic as possible. But, you know, it's cool. He, regroup with your wife. Regroup with your family. You know, and, you know, come back even better. So, thank y'all. I appreciate the time. Have a good one. Have a great weekend. Peace.